Hello and welcome to episode three and I can't believe it's series five of The Educators. My name is Angela Pears and I'm CEO and founder of Full Circle Education Consultancy and we work with schools um, finding different success pathways for different students and this series we're focusing on female innovators and, and all of their supporters who are looking to bring something different into the market and really looking um, at a, a great sense of social purpose which we believe as well at Full Circle we really all need right now so I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Polly Ackhurst and Radia Dadul from Amala Education um, onto this episode so welcome both of you this is my first time with two guests so hopefully I'll be able to give you both as much input as possible so welcome so we have got UK and Jordan on the line and in our podcast today, which is fantastic. So a little bit of an introduction. Rania, you're the learning facilitator and projects coordinator in Jordan for Amala. Polly, you are the co-founder and co-executive director of Amala, which is a not-profit organisation using the power of education to transform the lives of refugees, their communities and the world. Amala has developed the first international high school programme specifically designed for displaced youth and offers non-formal education programmes in areas including ethical leadership, social entrepreneurship and peace building. Polly also acted as a working group leader and contributor to the OECD's Education 2030 project on the skills, knowledge and dispositions young people need to develop to thrive. Prior to Amala, Polly spent five years working for UWC International in the area of community engagement and outreach, and she graduated from UWC Atlantic in 2006. That makes me feel very old, Polly, <laughs> and is, is an <laughs> alumna of, of UWC Atlantic College and is a member of the UWC Atlantic Education Committee. So, so welcome, Polly, and congratulations to you on establishing such an amazing high school and, and an amazing concept. Tell us a little bit about Amala. Thank you, Angela. And yeah, and I should say that it's been the work of many, many people, um, not just me. Um, so yeah, we, myself and my co-founder, Mia, uh, co-founded Amala um, in 2017. Um, and and as kind of, as mentioned in my bio, uh, we had previously been working for the UWC United World College group of schools um, and were both alumni of those schools. Um, and so we at that time were working on a refugee scholarship programme um, for students to attend one of the UWC schools. And maybe for those who are not, not so aware of UWC, um, they provide predominantly um, kind of boarding experiences um, for students to finish their um, their high school education to do the IB diploma. Um, and so there are a certain number of refugee scholarships available through um, UWC's programme. And we were working on that. Um, but we saw that, you know, for every place available, there would be 100 applicants, basically, um, if not more. And so we started to think, OK, what happens to those 99 students that don't get a place. Um, and so we did a bit yeah. of research. Um, we spoke to quite a few people that we that we knew um, who had been in refugee situations. And, and they said, you know, there really isn't that much out there in terms of um, alternative pathways for, for refugee youth to, to finish their, their high school level education. And so that really led us to might we to think might we be able to do something here um is there a gap where we might be able to to kind of act and that today has turned into amala <laughs> and so um we do two things as, as as we said we kind of initially started by launching non-formal education courses um in areas like peace building social entrepreneurship ethical leadership 
Um, and we used those as an opportunity to kind of test and, and pilot our, our model of delivery. And we did that for several years when we first set up while developing this high school diploma curriculum, um, which we then launched for the first time in Jordan um, in 2020 and in Kenya in 2021. Wow, that sounds amazing. And, and, and your mission, um, which is to use the power of education to transform the lives of refugees, their communities and the world is a powerful one. And Rania, probably coming to you now in terms of method of delivery that Polly was talking about. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that delivery? Because it must be incredibly difficult logistically to actually educate young people who are in different locations and, and often sometimes in difficult circumstances. How do you do it? Okay, so uh, it's been a learning journey. <laughs> so <laughs> we've been learning together with, along with the students. And it's a new educational system that actually it was for the first time in Jordan. So basically it's a blended uh, way of educating young people. So we have in-person classes that are running on weekends so that students who have other commitments other than just attending the diploma itself uh, can, can do their own commitments. And we have the online independent work in which we have like asynchronous online tasks that the students do. So uh, basically our educational system is unique because we don't have any exams or any marking system. So that's why it removes the pressure and the mm -hmm. stress on the mm -hmm. students. So they, they actually focus on the learning itself and how they develop their own skills. And it's a competency based. So we have a framework of different competencies that we uh, expect the students to develop throughout their education with Amala. And they show us how they are progressing towards achieving these competencies by evidencing their own work and submitting samples that show us that they actually implemented these skills in their lives. Yeah, incredible. And, and if I were a, a refugee looking for support from Amala, where would I start? How, would, how does that happen that I can access your amazing school and, 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 and get these qualifications? So we have the diploma program uh, in which we look mainly for refugees who are aged between uh, 16 and 25 and who lose their chance in completing their secondary education due to conflict or wars or they've been displaced from their origin country. So we offer this diploma. It's a 15 months long diploma. It's kind of equivalent to the high school system in which we uh, teach different courses in economics, maths, arts, cultures, ethical leadership, social entrepreneurship. So they start by this diploma. And we have also the change makers courses, which is like a short courses that are running for 10 weeks. So we have these options currently in Jordan that are happening. And, it, and it's delivered online and or blended. So do, do all of your students need to be in Jordan or can they be anywhere in the world? Yeah, so uh, for, for the programs that are running in Jordan, they need to be in Jordan. Mm. Uh, we mainly look for uh, students who are based also in Amman, the mm -hmm. capital of Jordan. But sometimes, like, since we have refugees scattered all over Jordan, so that's why we try to cover their transportation to come to Amman and get the opportunity. Polly, this seems like a huge undertaking for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we have, you know, we feel that we have a huge responsibility to our students, I think. Um, and so we want to provide them with an education that really, 
you know, in which they are truly learning, um, in which they're able to kind of emerge, being able to um, to kind of to create change in their own lives, in their communities and in the world. And so that means, you know, investing in things like um, like transportation, because, um, for example, that might be a reason why students have dropped out of other schooling systems is that they don't have the money to pay for even things that might seem quite small for us. And so I think, you know, with the high school diploma, it, yes, it's an accelerated program, um, but it's also a very um, it's a very holistic program in that we have our facilitators such as Rania who are not only uh, facilitating in the classroom but also really caring for our students' needs. Um, and students come to us with lots of different challenges, um, you know, trauma, um, kind of difficult home situations, um, the challenges of living in poverty as well. And so, our facilitators and our team are there not just for the learning but to support with their, their well-being as well. So yes, it's a it's a big undertaking, but it's also an exciting undertaking. And I think we're seeing from our first cohorts of students, both in Jordan and Kenya, you know, how much of a difference this, the programme and the individual support they get on the programme is making to their lives. So it's definitely worth it. And Rani, what are some of the, I guess, the kind of the, the starter challenges that you overcame? And where are you now in terms of your, the success of your students? What would you say has been the, the greatest achievement so far? Okay, so as someone who came from a traditional educational system, we're <laughs> not used to this system. Mm -hmm. So it was like shocking that some people actually working and learning with having no exams. So yeah. that was like a, <laughs> a, a cultural shock. shock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, those people are actually learning and we're seeing students are improving their skills day by day. And they're actually implementing these things through uh, starting their own businesses, uh, initiatives, uh, joining uh, courses and like knowing what they want to do with their lives and how they want to move forward. So some of them got accepted into colleges, universities, uh, some of them started their own businesses. Uh, and like the personal growth that we see on the students is just amazing throughout this whole journey. And then like how they came back to us and said like, thank you for doing all of that. So, and the thing that I mostly like about Amala is the community that it builds. So it's not just the 15 months that you attend and that's it, we lost contact with you. No, it's like an ongoing progress of contacting and communicating with the alumni and staying in touch with them. So that community and the sense of feeling belonging and safety, that this is like the space where they belong and feel that it's a family and it's not just a place where I learn and that's it, I, I forget about it once I go out, out of it. So it's that sense of belonging and community as well. And how do you, uh, for many years, well, the last few years, we've been working online with online schools and different organisations. How do you build that sense of community and that sense of belonging online? How, how does that happen? Is it, or is it just everyone's sharing the same kind of common experience and they come together and they share those experiences? How have you found that the building community online? So you mean for the students? And yeah, the for the students, yeah. Yeah, so it's mostly in-person classes uh -huh. uh, that we have with us, yeah. So uh, the thing is that people come from different backgrounds, cultures, uh, religions, so it's an interesting cultural exchange opportunity. Uh, but with this, it comes the challenge of like accepting others and having a diverse community. So that's why we keep emphasizing on the importance of being an inclusive environment and building that. So we have our Amala collaborative norms in which we developed and we keep emphasizing on the importance of resuming positive intentions, yeah. listening yeah. to each other, paraphrasing, 
uh, and like the idea of accepting each other and accepting the fact that there would be different perspectives. And then like slowly we start to get along with the students and like their, their traditions. So we have like different activities with them. We do football matches, we do potlucks and like we uh, celebrate our birthdays together. So it becomes like this sense of community by doing that. And also like Polly mentioned that the most important thing is supporting students with their well-being. So since they came from uh, difficult situations and challenges, we try to support them outside classes by individual support and like seeing if they have any problems going on with their lives, with their families, uh, financial situations. And we try to connect them with organizations and refer them to uh, different experts who might be uh, helpful for them. Yeah. I mean, a, a really full-on experience. And your your five pillars of building agency, developing competency, um, being contextually inclusive, which is really interesting phrasing. I, I really like that. Creating community and um, to support facilitators. Really, um, I hear kind of parts of UWC in that and the Round Square schools and their commitment to international mindedness. <laughs> Which is fantastic. It's almost like seeing that in action, isn't it? It's, it's taking it to the next step and really acting on the philosophies of those types of schools. Yeah, exactly. I think we've been, you know, we've been hugely inspired by by UWC and and kind of similar minded organisations such as such as Round Square, um, and you know, trying to think about okay, how do we translate some of those beliefs and and, and pedagogies as well into um, mm. into different environments, right? And so both in Jordan and in Kenya, um, our students come from likely over seven nationalities. Um, and a lot of the time in everyday life, they might be quite segregated. Um, in Kenya, we actually work in a, in a refugee camp in northern Kenya called Kakuma. Um, and people live in mm -hmm. areas that are like South Sudanese, Somali, um, you know, Burundian, all of these kind of different areas. So they are quite segregated in everyday life. And so, you know, the classroom is where they come together um, and as Rania said, with the help of collaborative norms, also being the ability and what we really encourage in so many of our courses is, you know, that exploration of identity. What is my identity from, mm. from where mm. I come from? How has that developed also as I've become displaced, as I'm living in someone else's country? Um, so I've taken on aspects of that identity, but I still have my own identity. And so we we hugely encourage that kind of sharing and international mindedness and and kind of what's powerful is knowing that you can do that in quite low resource often situations with the right kind of pedagogy and practices um we're managing to do that in in yeah. kakuma refugee camp in in basically in the middle of a desert in in rural kenya um so that's been hugely inspiring and, and it's something that the students really really enjoy and appreciate and don't don't necessarily get from other educational models, I would say. Mm. And what do you see as the future moving forward? You've moved from offering these short courses, which are still available and look amazing. I've just written down a, a, a few, which is peace building, ethical leadership and social, social entrepreneurship. Um, what, what do you see as the future of Amala? Are you looking to get accredited so that you can offer your own qualification and it's more easily rec recognisable? What's What are the plans? <laughs> yeah so lots of plans ahead um so we mm -hmm. as as you said about the our change maker courses which are our shorter kind of usually 10 week courses mm -hmm. 
and a non-formal learning. So we have actually um, expanded access and, and we want to kind of continue to grow that offering because we see an enormous need among students who are even in school in the situations where we work to have access to this kind of transformative learning. Um, so actually over the past year, we've reached a thousand students through those through those courses. So or, already a trajectory wow. for growth there. So continuing to grow that offering, um, and then um, with our high school diploma, um, we are pursuing um, accreditation with two agencies, with um, CIS, mm -hmm. the Council of International Schools, and with NEASC, um, yeah. the New England Association of Schools and Colleges. So yeah. one international and one, one American. Um, so mm -hmm. our major focus over the next year will be um, kind of meeting those those standards for accreditation um, and getting it fully accredited. We're currently a candidate for accreditation, but yeah, a year of work and kind of improvement ahead um, to make sure that it's accredited so that students will have greater access to to pathways following their studies. Um, and uh, we also want to start on working on more kind of local recognition in the sites where we operate in as well. And that's kind of we see that as a prerequisite to being able to expand our diploma program. So, yeah, growth of the courses um, and also an accreditation of, of the diploma program as well. And, and Rani, can I ask you on a personal level, you, you're used to working in the, I did that, I went from the traditional system into kind of, I guess, the IB world, and it was a complete revelation for me, and I loved it. Um, how, how have you felt the transition from traditional to what you're doing now, and, and in terms of your personal feelings? So it's like eye-opening, like I've been messing out a whole educational system. <laughs> and like I mentioned, it's been like an educational journey for both the facilitators and the students as we learn each day, uh, because like my role is not just to teach them and spoon feed them with knowledge and information. It's more about facilitating the dialogue that they are having during the class. And I'm just like observing and like going with the flow with the discussions that happen during the class. So it's also eye opening for me to hear like different perspectives from different people who came from different backgrounds. So it's been an amazing journey for me as well. And what a fantastic opportunity for you all to grow together and to learn together, which is which is amazing. And and you, you must you're clearly doing a fantastic job, Rania. So congratulations on everything you've achieved in in supporting those students. And I, I guess my final um, conversation is around how does it, it costs a lot of money to run a school, um, and it costs a lot of time and energy um how how do you manage to fund the school and if if this podcast can do anything to, to support you grow um what are your kind of key key kind of uh pointers to people who might be interested in getting in contact with you and supporting your growth yeah amazing yeah so i think one thing that we're trying to work out is you know how do we how can we kind of run our programs um in a way that is that is cost effective um and so provides a really good student experience um but we also want our programs to be scalable and that's because we see that there's a huge huge need out there um there are i think there are um at the moment there are 7.9 million refugees who are of school age um and only um 37 of refugees are in secondary school at this time so there's a massive need um so um, to date, we have been funded through uh, individuals, um, foundations and some kind of businesses, so corporate social responsibility type initiatives. Um, and so um, we will continue to, to seek that, that kind of funding into, into the future. And especially, you know, unrestricted funding is really valuable in terms of being able to um, invest in areas of the greatest need as we grow and develop. Um, 
and uh, but we are looking at the possibility of of government funding as well um for um in particular for the diploma program potentially also for the change maker courses um but we have to kind of grow um and reach a certain amount of cost effectiveness um before being eligible for that kind of thing um so part of our strategy is to work in collaboration with partners um and so one thing that we're really interested in doing and we're already doing this a lot in our site in Kakuma is working with say local community based partners that in areas where there are a large number of refugees and who may have the infrastructure so that we don't have to build all of the infrastructure from scratch uh pay for new mm -hmm. buildings etc right um and partner with those organizations yeah. who perhaps want to be are already serving refugees in the community but don't necessarily have and want to serve youth but don't have a curriculum or a program to run so we can collaborate with them to be able to run change maker courses initially and then potentially the high school diploma as well if there's yeah. a need um so i think one thing that i wanted to flag up is if anyone out there knows about you know organizations doing fantastic work already with refugee youth um we're currently working in jordan and kenya but we have an aspiration to go beyond um those sites we're doing work in greece mm -hmm. as well on our change maker courses um in a range of yeah. regions um so that's one thing. Um, and then the other thing is um, that we, you know, we're always on the kind of lookout for for people who are interested in investing in in Inamala um, and in our students as well. And so we're very open to having conversations with um, with with businesses or foundations about kind of, you know, how does what Amala is doing fit in with your need and or with your specific line of line of work. And for example, you know, we have students, Rania mm -hmm. mentioned, who go off and do quite entrepreneurial things. Um, and so, um, you know, if you are a kind of if you're very interested in entrepreneurship, there are ways that you might be able to support that within Amala. Um, through both scholarships and onward opportunities for students um, as, as yeah. well. Uh, yeah. We've had organisations who are interested in STEM and potentially funding several students who are very interested in STEM to do the programme and to go on to other opportunities. Um, another thing I would just point out is we're trying to kind of um, expand those pathways opportunities for students. So including higher, higher and further education, but also entrepreneurship and work. And so if people out there have any um, yeah suggestions of organisations that might be interested in taking on Amala students, um, we would be very interested in those conversations. Brilliant. Well, Polly and Rania, congratulations on everything you've achieved. It's a, an amazing um, concept and not only a concept of reality now, but is, is growing and making such a difference to so many students. So thank you so much for being there. Thank you for meeting a need that is only going to grow, you know, over, over the next few years. And if you want to find out more about Amala, please do visit their website and have a look and get in touch with Polly or Rania um, or me if you want to kind of find out more and get involved. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, Rania, enjoy the rest of your day in Jordan. And Polly, perhaps we can meet up in person in the UK at some point. Great talking to you both. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Angela. It's been a pleasure to be here. That's it for another insightful episode with Angela Fairs from Full Circle. And thank you for listening. To get in touch with Angela, check out her website. It's fullcircle-education.co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.